Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. This week's guest is Susan McCorkendale. Thank you for joining us, Susan. Thank you for inviting me, Samantha. I'm so glad you are in New York Times bestseller author two times, right? Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. You're a TEDx speaker. Uh-huh. And you're the host of Flaws Are the New Bag. She's really got my resume <laughs> down. I like, I love this girl. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I try to hit all the high points. So Thank you. In your own words, Susan, tell us who, who you are. I'm a mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think first and foremost, I'm yeah. a mom. And um, I have two sons, and they are the reason I breathe. Um, and yeah, I am. I'm a writer and I, I do have an online series that, uh, I'm really enjoying doing. And I did just give my first ever TED talk, um, TEDx Tysons. And, um, I get teased all the time by my girlfriends because they, they catch me on the whole first ever, huh, Suze? I'm like, yes, uh, I want there to be more. More, yes. And I really, you know, I really felt great about doing it. I felt, yeah. I still feel very passionate about the message. And um, I do love to get – I never met a mic I didn't like. You know, so. Hey, we have that in common. We probably. do. We do. <laughs> Samantha, we have plenty in we common. We do. We do. Hey, I love hearing that from you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and from you. Thank you. Oh, woohoo. I hope to follow. We're over here kind of fighting for the mic. You know? Yeah. No, uh, no, we have okay. two. It's okay. Yeah, we're okay. We're okay. Um, I loved your head TED Talk. Um, thank you. I shared it. I'll share it on the Fleshing It Out page. Thank you. But why don't you tell listeners, what, what was the TED Talk? The TED Talk was – is um, the, the title of it is – um, make peace with your grief and watch where it where it leads you. Mm. Because um, my feeling after having gone through the death of my husband and having to come to terms with my my grief, I I really didn't know how to handle it, and I did not appreciate any of the platitudes. You know, we we mm. we don't know what to say, and in this yep. country, sadly, we don't we really don't handle grief. Very well. Yep. Um, and it makes us panic. Yeah. So we walk into to a situation where somebody is grieving, and what do we do? We say, oh, I know just how you feel. When I was such and such an age, mm-hmm. I lost my so-and-so. You know what the person wants to do who's grieving and who's putting up with listening to you tell your story? They want to punch you in the face. They okay? want to tell you to so, so really, they, they do. Mm-hmm. So um, the, what I wanted just to share in, in this talk that I gave – is that it was very important for me to become like silent, just to make myself be still and sit in my terrible, awful pain and work it through. Uh, because really, at first, what I wanted to do was just run away. Ignore like, it. Yeah. yeah. Ignore you want to run and, and scratch yourself out of your skin. You want to leave your skin in another state and you, you want to move on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can't do that. So I made myself sit with my grief. And over time, I realized that I, it had just become part of me. Mm. And I talk about that in my talk and I encourage people to hang in there. Don't quit. Just sit there until you can take it. Yeah. You're past the point of I can't take it. You can take it. Now it's part of you. Now, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Like the fuel that yeah. what is, are you it, gonna, is it going to you know, fuel you? You can, this is crazy, but you can get good stuff from grief. Yeah. Um, 
I, I say in the talk, you know, I could have gone out and built a memorial to Stu. Mm-hmm. Or I could have made my grandma's meals mm-hmm. like my dad did for us mm-hmm. when she passed away. Um, it, 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 it doesn't matter the magnitude of the gesture. Mm-hmm. It just matters that you, to me anyway, that you yeah. take your grief and use it to do something good. You could yeah. become the best cheesecake maker in your neighborhood and, and run, you know, around once a week delivering cheesecakes to people who have a sweet tooth, to people who are sick, Sad. to people you just yeah. love and you want to sit and have a cup of coffee with and a piece of cheese. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know? And so many people, I don't know that we think about it too often, but so many of the most Beautiful things have come from grief, like, you know, uh, James Taylor's song, Fire and Rain, mm-hmm. came from his discovery as being told that his, one of his closest friends had committed suicide. He sat yep. down and wrote that song. It's yeah. one of the all-time, you know, bestsellers. Yeah. Uh, so many beautiful things have come from grief, and I don't have to write Fire and Rain. Yeah. I just have to, and in my case, I did, pour myself mm-hmm. into my son's particularly, particularly my eldest, mm-hmm. who has autism, high-functioning autism. And when he was diagnosed, they told us he wasn't going to drive or live on his own or go to school or have a job or manage his own money. And while my husband was so ill, I could not do anything for my kids. Was he diagnosed with autism while your husband was he sick? He was diagnosed prior. Okay. Okay. But so anything we had going yeah, came to a paused, standstill. Yeah. You know, yeah. when Stu got sick. Mm-hmm. So after Stu passed away, I was like, oh, really? My kid can't? No one gets to tell me what my kid can mm-hmm. or cannot do. And no one tells my kid what yeah. he can or cannot do. Yeah. And um, I I went over the top. You know, I, I, as I say in my talk, I Googled, I researched, I made phone calls, I mm-hmm. hired job coaches and mentors. And, well, we proved them wrong 10 times yeah. over. That's my amazing. son does everything they said he wasn't going to do. And... Uh, to me, th- that's – was that good? Yes. Okay. You know, when you're grief-stricken, any day that you can get up and get your kids to school on time, yeah. uh, that's a win. Yep. And if you can get dressed first, please, like I say, somebody should make margaritas. It should be a party. It should be. If you can actually put on clothing and then drive your kids mm-hmm. to school when you're crying. Yeah. And if you can't, you? go in your PJs. Oh, and always. Well, that's how we. That's exactly. how I did it at first in my yeah. PJs. You yeah. know, get in the car. Darn it. Mommy's yes. driving you. Let well, no one see mommy. But anyway. <laughs> Big sunglasses. Um, what it, I don't know if this is an answerable question, but what Try me, Samantha. I will. What <laughs> I we talked about sitting in our grief, and I think just yeah. sitting in our feelings is such an important thing. So, but what does it look like? I mean, does sitting in your grief or sitting in any emotion, does it mean checking out from life, you think? Does it mean going through the motions? You know? You know what? Um, since I was constantly, I'll answer you exactly how it happened yeah. to me. Since I was constantly awake mm-hmm. and scurrying through the house in the wee, wee dark hours of the night, what I just did was I said, okay, I'm awake and I'm not going to scurry. I'm going to go make myself sit on the floor. I'm going to mm-hmm. go sit in the den on the floor with pillows and I'm going to just sit. It was almost like meditative. Mm. I just closed my eyes and I listened to my breath. And so I couldn't check out during the day. My kids need me, mm-hmm, needed mm-hmm. me. I had work I had to do. Um, but in those hours mm. when I had the time because I was wide awake. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, so, so my, my suggestion would be to set aside the time yeah. to face it. Yeah. You know, turn around and, and face the barking dog, deal with the bouncing ball. Um, the thing that's in front of you, set aside some time because, you know, we, we can't check out. 
mm-hmm. can we? Yeah. You exactly. still have to go to the grocery store. You still have to take care of the house and mm-hmm. the kids and the laundry. And, and if you're working, you still have to do your job. Yep. But you, you have to set aside some time like you would for, you know, meditating, doing yoga, exercising. Yeah. So that's how I did it. I quite literally sat yeah. down and did it. I like that. And what, what came to me as you were talking is I thought so many times I feel like we're afraid to give into our emotions. It's oh, yeah. like letting the floodgates down. Right. And that, you know, it's kind of like with crying. If I start to cry, it's just going to be that ugly cry. But it reminds me, it's like it doesn't last forever. The rain won't last forever. Right. The sun will come out again. And I wonder if like the more we let ourselves fall into those emotions, the beauty of that is that we see the recovery. You know, for me, the mm-hmm. waves coming in and out is such just riding the wave. And the more you ride the wave, the more you see that you come out of it. Yeah, you do. I think that a lot of times when we are sitting with grief or anxiety Mm -hmm. and we're afraid we're going to cry because then we're afraid we're never going to stop crying, Mm -hmm. it would be brilliant. And I'm the greatest offender. I talk about flawed, okay? Yeah. Um, I never want to cry. I am always Mm -hmm. petrified that I will Mm -hmm. not stop crying. And I don't care how ugly it gets. I'm just afraid I'll never stop. Stop, yeah. And then, of course, if I just did it, well, it would be over that much faster. And I would be through it. And I would Mm. see that I have gotten through it. Yes. And yet, Mm. I'm so reticent. I like, I can walk around choking Mm. from wanting to have a good cry. Yeah. And not letting myself have that good cry. Mm. And just, I keep pushing through it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a very healthy thing to do. See? Um, So I find music for me mm -hmm. helps me get that big cry out. Because if I'm also in the same place where I can't, quite do it. It used to be movies or TV shows I think I would watch because I didn't really know what I was if I didn't I just needed a good cry to have yeah. a good cry. But um with having some, you know, heavy stuff on my heart, for me it's listening to music kind of in the car allows me to have that nice deep cry and then pull it back together, you know. I probably shouldn't have a deep cry driving, but well, if you're home, pulled but, over, yeah, you know, yeah, and you, you got your flashers on, yeah. cops don't mind. <laughs> they'll come over and they'll give you tissues, <laughs> bottles of water, offer you chocolate. They're very nice. Oh, very good. Yeah, it's good. Very good. Um, but I should do that. I should yeah. probably do that. I am I you know, I just I don't want to cry. I don't want to give into it. Yeah. I don't want to take the time. I have yeah. other things I have other to things do. to do. And it's like we don't value that. Right. That that's not productive. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, it and I would be more productive. And I, I would bet. be productive with less panic and less anxiety if I would just cry. Oh, well, I've got some songs to suggest on your Excellent. drive home today. I can hardly wait. <laughs> we can give that gift to you. <laughs> Thank you, Samantha. I love you. you. Know. I love Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. That's awesome. Well, tell us about your books because you are a New York Times bestselling two-time author okay. for now. For now. There's room to grow that room list. for improvement. Yes. You know. But um, um, tell us about You have a really neat story. And if our listeners could not already tell, we are kindred spirits for many reasons. But one is that we are both Jersey girls. You're absolutely. born and raised. I'm spent a lot of time. And but you just love it there because it's yeah. New Jersey. It's There's just something about it. There are two there's kinds some- of people in the world. People who are from New Jersey and those who wish they were. <laughs> I mean, we could really twist that for anything. Yeah, yeah, and in could. my family, we do. There are those who are Italian and those who wish, wish they, were. they were. You know, so we do that. Yes. Um, but I, yes, I love my Jersey, my oh, Jersey people. Jersey, my peeps. My Elaine Manning is, is retired now. But anyway, oh. I'll live. Um, so my books, my books. Um, so you were living in New Jersey. And that's I, we were kind living of a- in New Jersey. I was working in New York City. Had a nice big job. It was very cool to be in New York City. And I used to have outside taxi cabs, multiple options for shopping and eating and all kinds of, you know. You were living the New York York dream. New York is cool. I went to school in New York. I loved New York. Um, 
And so that that was what was happening. And um, we had the opportunity. My husband's big brother purchased a farm, a working farm, a 500-acre working farm in Upperville, Upperville, Virginia. And he needed someone to be there to manage it. And this was post 9 11. Mm-hmm. And um, lots of people were moving. Yeah. And yeah, we were yeah. considering moving as well. So I remember that. We moved to this farm. So mm-hmm. my, my first book is called Confessions of a Counterfeit Farm Girl <laughs> because I, it just chronicles all of my ineptitude. <laughs> Talk about flawed. Um, ineptitude on the farm. I um, talk about a switch from talk about New York City. I was a fish out of water. Yeah. You know, and the book stemmed from emails I was sending people, just my girlfriends back home. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I, I have chickens. I'm not supposed to go to the store for eggs. I'm supposed to collect them. I don't want it. They smell. Did you guys know that? Oh. Like, they smell. Like, this is what I was writing, though. Did you know oh. that chickens? Oh. My girlfriends oh. were like, they're all like me. So they uh-huh. thought this was a riot. Yeah. So at some point, my friend Maggie says, you know, you really ought to post this to a blog because we're sharing this stuff everywhere into the sun. And it would be easier if we could all go to yes. one place and then share the link, whatever. But, oh, okay. So I, I set it up as a blog. And another friend had gone to school with a woman who became a literary agent. Mm. And this other friend said, hey, would you check out my friend Susan's blog. So I got the opportunity to turn it into a book and um, sometime way down the road, uh, it was very joyous to discover that, you know, Penguin wanted to to, to publish it, which was very cool. Um, And really, it was just a collection of my mishaps and Mm -hmm. misfortunes on the farm and and, and things that I did actually think were funny that I thought (laughs) would be great to do. And my husband, the logical one, was like, we are not ever doing that. Do you understand? I wanted to buy these hogs. I think they're called Hampshires. They're really pretty. They're black hogs with a white band around their body. And I was like, wow, that's pretty snazzy for swine. Um, I wanted that. And my husband it's like, okay, that's never going to happen, right? Yeah. So that was my first book. Oh, okay? my gosh. And um, I started writing my second book, like, pretty much before the first one came out. And it was going to be um, another yeah, compilation of yeah. my Susie mishaps and high drinks and hilarity know, ensues. Exactly, you know, kind of like you know Green Acres, you know, part mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. Okay, or Big but, Business. Do you know that movie oh, from no. the eighties? Oh yeah, with uh, that Midler. That. Oh, and Mary Tomlinson. Is that it? Oh yeah, it's a classic eighties. Lily movie. Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Thank you. Yeah, I got yeah, to see that. They're twins that um, they're born and then they get swapped. So they're each they're supposed to be identical twins. It's two yeah. sets of identical yeah. twins, but then they become. T- they think they're fraternal twins because it's oh, each swamped. character. And one lives in the big oh. city and one lives in the country. Yeah. Cool. I think it's on uh, Disney Plus or something. It's a, it's a classic. I must say. <laughs> Robert, we're watching Big Business tonight, babe, if you're listening to this. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's Side okay. Note, it's all but, good. It's but all good. I just, I always like to, you know, throw in a nice Thank new you. reference a for new people. Reference. I like that. I have yeah. to watch that. Okay. Yeah, I like one. them both. So. <laughs> Well, my second book started out being yeah. more of the same, and I was yeah. enjoying writing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And I had a discussion, I remember, with my, my agent at the time. And I was like, well, I'm not going to talk about that. She was like, you're writing a memoir. You have to talk about that, Susan. Yeah. People are worried. They know. Yeah. So, okay. So it turns into also my chronic link, his illness. Yeah. Um, and my ineptitude on the farm and talking about the fact that, you know, like, 
the minute someone, you know, the C word gets bandied about, you get promoted. You get to do all of your spouse's responsibilities and your own. Mm-hmm. And now you are not just the farm hand, you are the farm manager. And never in the history of farming has there been a worse farm manager than Susan. I, I would um, I would fight. I could really? probably get that title from okay. you. Yeah, all I right. can't handle all right. animals. So Well, no, no, no. And mine yeah. were looking for my husband. And they were breaking through the fences and coming around the house. We had a goat get in one day. All my younger son's fault, not my fault, but get in looking for stew. They were all oh. out there waiting for the big man with the range yes. cubes and the feed and the and the love. Wow. You know, I was really bad. I mean, they were we had fence boards down. It was yes. crazy. One time the goats got out, they got out into the road, and I didn't know. I was in the house with stew and he was sleeping, and I didn't know. And all of a sudden I look out the window and there's a very big man carrying something under both arms and i'm like he's got our goats running out of the house he's like ma'am these your goats these your goats and i said yes i'm so sorry he goes oh no ma'am so he he puts them back so the thing with goats is you don't fence them in as much as you fence them out so you put them back where they belonged and you like you try to keep them out of like your flowers and whatever else you've got going on he put them back where they belonged and he asked me what was going on. I said, my husband is very sick. I'm doing I'm doing my best to keep it all together here. And he says to me, I'm going to put you on my church prayer list. Mm. I found out very quickly that if, if you are on one church prayer list, mm-hmm. you are on dozens. Yeah, It, it takes no time. Mm-hmm. And I... I was, you know, for all, I was so blown away and so touched, mm. but I was so inept. Um, so it became a book about my ineptitude and also yeah. about Stu's illness and about how we handled it. And we chose to handle it with buckets of imported humor. So that meant all, all of us, the four of us, were, you know, f- uh, scheduled to watch many, many episodes of Seinfeld. Yes. Funny movies. Oh uh, we're the type of family we enjoyed Tropic Thunder, so we enjoyed it way too much. Yes. So that's that's how we that's how we handled it. Me too. So, birds of a feather, you see? and I. So, and that's the book became that. Yeah. It, it, it turned. Um, uh, you said something we were at a when I saw you speak recently. You said with with your husband's illness and diagnosis that the second book it went from you can't just everything can't just be funny right and I, that was really powerful it can't that transition just, not, you know things are not funny yeah but you can you you can look at them and mm-hmm. decide that okay this is really bad mm-hmm. but. At least it's not one of the kids. Like, and we would say this yeah. to each other. But see, so you going, oh, we would laugh. Yeah. We'd be in the emergency room. Imagine if it was one of the boys. <laughs> Hell with you. Yeah. The kids yeah. would be so much more. And we would laugh. Yeah, you, know? you have to. Or um, I, I think I told you at the same presentation that he would give his health history and they would say to him in the emergency room every time, how old was your mother when she died? 90. How did she die in childbirth? Like, <laughs> we, this is what we did. It was yeah. our way of coping. Yeah. And yeah, while everything may not be funny it does make it a but little bit but you can bit, find the joy in it yeah it and does i think make it a little easier i think that's the powerful message though you have is that you can talk about the real stuff and still have joy and still have the humor yeah and that it doesn't have to just be humorous right and that's what you know you talked about earlier just calling your agent and saying yeah i'm not going to talk about this stuff yeah. though but it was finding that you can talk about the real stuff and i think that sometimes we're called to talk about the real stuff with humor because it's disarming for people. It allows it to, you know, plant it in their hearts to hear the message where mm-hmm. instead of building up that wall, 
before you come in. I like um, like to think of humor as the opportunity. Like I, I let myself feel fine, feel find the funny. Yeah. Okay. So if something strikes me as funny, right in the middle of doing it, like no matter how scared I just was, like trying to give him a shot and shooting it at the ceiling that day. <laughs> oh my god. Um, if I. I let myself laugh. Yes. And for me, that gives me a momentary like distance. Yes. I get to step back, get my act together, and go forward with whatever it is that I got to handle. Giving yes. him a shot, getting him to the doctor, finding the children. Who knew where the children were? Oh. Somebody afternoons. Um, but for me, humor is the equivalent. I think I said that this day, that, that day, so forgive me. But it's the equivalent Our of. Heard, girl, um, go on. It's the equivalent of. Putting your oxygen mask on first yes. and then helping somebody else with theirs. Like, I it allows that. you that moment to get your act together. I love that you said that because being that we're very similar, I same thing with humor. I feel like I kind of have had those tapes playing in my head that I laugh at in inappropriate times and I yes. laugh when things are um, uncomfortable. And laughing has gotten a bad rap because it's, you know, people say, as we talked about, it's a defense mechanism. It oh, that's just a defense, a defense mechanism. And I, and I love how you said that because it was like, you know what? I It allows me to feel the feeling. It's a heal mechanism. Exactly. It gives you two seconds, three seconds to take a step back. Mm-hmm. You know. What are we really looking at here? Let me walk forward versus let me suppress it. Let me just tuck right. it away and move forward. And I'm not going to cry or laugh. I'm just going to keep not feeling yeah. Where I want to feel for a second right. and and process this, and people then, get the giggles all the time at wakes and funeral services, and then they stand around like this, trying not to laugh. No, for God's sake, the the person would not want you not to laugh. I firmly Seriously, believe that. I Just because so. my life has stopped, I don't want yours to. Yeah, exactly. You know, I always felt like that with like they said. There's a saying with cancer: if one person in the family has cancer, the whole mm. family has cancer. And I was like, well, I'll be damned. No way. Absolutely mm. not. Not mm-hmm. happening in our house. No, I, I, I am here to be the stopper of that. Yeah. So wow. the humor helped a lot. You know, That's and great. Stu, you know, Stu was such a funny man. He was a very funny guy, very bright guy, yeah. very well read, a great dad, and and funny. Yeah. You know, despite yeah, everything that was going yeah. on, you know, he was so really fun. funny. He, wow. he walks into the doctor's office one day at Georgetown. He's actually we're in the examining room, and he goes. How do you like this tan? <laughs> and doctor's like, oh, well, apparently you pooped out your stent because you shouldn't be that color. Oh, no. But Stu was like, oh, that's too bad because I was enjoying it. Oh, no. It was so funny. I mean, we yeah. all laughed. Like, laugh. He did look great. But, you know, but it, was it was the Billy Rubens. They were like, woo. Whoopsie. But, hey, for, he looked like a movie star. He really did. <laughs> you enjoyed that? Got we some good that. pictures? Got you know? some good pictures. Yes, we did. Good memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have so, been through quite the journey. We all journey. have, honey. I know, you're right. We all, we all are on different journeys. Yeah. And that's, you know, with comedy, I've been thinking about it, is that I think comedy many, many times comes from the places of pain. Of course it does. Um, but <laughs> as you said, exactly, the grief, though, the, it leads to goodness. That's right. And I mean, I think that's true. And if it's not true, who cares? Because I might as well live my life believing that, you know, that, well, that you're good not, comes from Well, you're not from believing the, any, right. You're not yeah. believing anything harmful. Exactly. So you know? I'll, I'll take that one. Yeah. Um, but I just think that, you know, when we talk about the pain with people, that's what connects us. It's the human right. condition. That's right. And, uh, you know, just that the comedy, the laughing is a way to to put your story out there mm-hmm. and make it, I don't know if digestible is the most appealing word, but I think it just helps it easily I think you connect with people mm-hmm. when you're willing to do that yeah it's you know goes to being vulnerable and being willing to share and actually 
uh, create a relationship mm-hmm. with somebody you just met or you've only met them a couple of times, but like mm-hmm. you get that good feeling, your gut saying, this is a good person. I'd yeah. like to be friends with them. So then you're more apt to, uh, what you if you're me, you're completely apt to being open yeah. and say, I'm going to tell you about such and such that happens. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, and, you just have to, I think, first, you know, do just do a check-in with your gut. Make sure you're not sharing, yeah. you know, not, not personal secrets from the family, you know, uh, vault yeah. or something. But whatever, with somebody you really can't can't trust, you yeah. do have to be aware of that. Yeah. But it goes, I think, to being vulnerable, to being yeah. willing to share that. This is, like you said, the human condition. Mm-hmm. And we all have things. Yeah. And it's nicer to... Um, share those things so that other people don't feel alone. Yeah. It's funny. As you were just saying that, I thought, you know, yeah, we all have our journeys. And what's one thing is appropriate for someone to share might not be appropriate for someone else. And so for you with being able to talk about your grief and that journey um, with taking care of your husband, I mean, for someone else that might be too painful to talk about right. publicly, yeah. but they, but what a blessing you are to them to hear it. To at least hear it. Yeah, so, I think – thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, I would not have referred to myself as a blessing, but thank you. Oh, my gosh. Um, you are a blessing. <laughs> well, but, I was thinking about it because I said – you know, I tell my my funny story of, you know, pooping my pants. And, yeah, love that. Um, not everyone wants to admit that, and that's okay because not everyone's meant to. Um, okay. So there's things that I can't talk about that other people do, and what a blessing. You know, it's like I just think we all kind of need to walk into the space – you know that that we feel called to walk into. Well, we and do. It'll be a blessing to others. So. It, it is. You're right. I think you're right because I can I can um, relate to your your story, and I can say, okay, thank God, I'm not the only one who's ever done something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like the other day, I was telling a friend that like I. I <laughs> I recalled a moment of walking into a big meeting and I looked great and I was prepared and I reached into my pocketbook to get a pen and I pulled out a tampon. (laughs) And I just, I just, just, anybody, anybody, what are you going to do? Like, they left. I I, I hung in there. I did not die. And I put the, I put the tampon away and I got a pen. But, you know, everybody has those moments and I love those. Those are great. Those are the best. When those happen, I always just think more material. Yeah. More material. Of course, it's all it's all material. Yep, I have things happen. It's all material. So speaking of material, you have your show. Flaws is the new black. Flaws are the new black. That's right. Flaws yes. are the new black. Yeah. Well, and where I talk about things like we're talking about now, like yeah. pulling out a tampon instead of a pen, or pooping in your pants, or yes. um, and other things like um, you know, like learning how to say no. We, have, we, <gasps> yes. we don't know how to say no. <laughs> you said I'm here to I tell wanna, you. Are you ready? Get, yes, say it. Tell it. Say no. it. No is a complete sentence. It is totally a complete sentence. Mm-hmm. Just stop. I Just love stop. That. No. That's it. And, and don't, <laughs> no, I will not. And don't say anything afterwards. Yep. Do, and if you are really having a hard time with it, don't even make eye contact. Your boss says to you, can you work late tonight? No. And you just continue to turn and pack up your papers. And, what, and the boss will stand there for a moment. And then mm. probably just say, okay, and walk away. Mm-hmm. Don't feel the need to fill in the dead air. Mm-hmm. Women do that a lot. Totally. Um, and men have can have trouble with it also just because they're feeling like, oh, I probably should give him an excuse. Mm-hmm. No, no excuse necessary. Yeah, mm-hmm. These are the things I talk about on Floors of the New Book. I love that little show. Um, I, I, I have so much fun. And it, doing it every day, you drop a new every episode. Day. They're about six minutes or so. Or? No, no, my episodes are probably about two minutes long. Oh, really? Yeah, people don't oh. have time. 
Okay, and I good. want to give good them a tidbit. You. And I want to give them a, a tidbit. And I, hmm. I talk about like stuff like about, you know, about grief or when somebody you love is grieving. Because like, yeah, you know, and there's a flawed standpoint as well. Didn't I say earlier, yeah. we don't know how to handle grief. Yeah. Somebody's like, all right, we're a little flawed in that respect. Um, what that. else do I talk about? I talk about how we all, you know, rush and put pressure on ourselves to be so much yes. further along the line in what we're pursuing. So recently I just was like, dudes, take it at your own pace, okay? Like, Let's take mm-hmm. a breath here. So it all kinds of, it's all grist for the flaws mm-hmm. are the new black mill, you know? And I um I post them also on LinkedIn every single day. And I get such great response from these folks. I have That's all great. these crazy new friends. That I, I don't mean crazy. I mean crazy from the perspective of, I can't Exciting. believe yeah. I have friends in India oh, and Spain wow. and all over the place. They're so lovely. And they, they, you know, they message you and message me. They're like, how did you do your subtitles? I'm like, I used this service. Get right out there. Go now. Like, we're friends. Oh. And we help each other along. And they like the videos. And it just cracks me up because... I think they're hysterical. Yeah. I enjoy doing them. Um, and, you know, I just can't shut up. So I always have something to say. Thank you. And thank you for not <laughs> shutting up. Thank you for continuing to say it because your voice needs to be heard. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody asked me, um, what's one of the, f- the funniest things, you kind of responses you've ever gotten? And I said, it always strikes me as funny as when I'm the first one that's ever said something Along oh, the lines, to yeah. No is a complete, a complete mm-hmm. sentence, or um, let it unfold, mm. or you know, like my mother's been telling me to let it unfold since I was twelve, and mm-hmm. if I had been, if I had once listened to the woman, I would, I might be like, I don't know, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, I yeah. don't know. She's very smart, and she I did is. not listen enough. I, know. I say that a lot too about my mom. Like, oh. yeah, my mom is brilliant. My mom is, yeah. I, I would like a do-over from, like, the age eight on. You know what I yes. mean? Just to, like, listen. Um, but all of that stuff. I, I love just taking my little tidbits that I've learned over the years and, and sharing them. Because also lots of times it just cracks people up. It does. It cracks me up. It does. You know, it's fun to share those things. What do you feel like is a takeaway from this new phase of life with pursuing the flaws? Um, I think that in... Flaws of the New Black is my, I think it's like a, um, like a, a wraparound. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know how best to say that. Like, it's like the container into which, um, I have poured all of my thoughts about resilience. Mm, resilience. See, I have this feeling and I'm not a resilience researcher. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did not, I just play one on TV. But you literally. walked. Yes, but, you do. but I have walked. But you have walked and you don't need to qualify yourself. Recent oh my episode. God, I just um, qualified. Because oh, you no. are an expert because Thank you have you. been resilient. I have. That's also just a great way for me to show that I that was saw really that. funny. You did. You saw that. That's hysterical. <laughs> Stop that. Um, I heard okay. it from the best. Oh my God. So, so my over, you know, overarching theme for me is that I, I really want to, I really try to encourage people to build resilience before you need to. Yes. So with the whole flaw thing, it's like, look, there are, there are always better ways to handle things. And, and, and I'm happy to talk with you about them, about the no and the, you know, let it unfold. Those are all great. When we learn those things, and we also learn, though, to cut ourselves and our flaws a break. Grace. We build resilience. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it all has that tie-in for me. Yes. And I, you know, I don't think we need to wait until we're 
put in a situation where we're tested, where someone is sick, or someone something horrific happens, you lose your house, you lose your job that yes. you've had years at. I don't think we need to wait to build to, to find out number one how much yeah. resilience we have, yep. or to build resilience. We can be doing it. It's like a muscle. Yep. You know, they say like you can work your abs every day. Like I don't, wait, but what? they say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they say you can. Well, it, resilience is that exact yeah. kind of muscle. Yep. We can work it every single day. Wow. And have fun with it. I love it because that ties into, I feel like I've, you know, my, my whole life been searching. I feel like I've met amazing people with amazing stories. And now, of course, trying to, you know, document it on the podcast. And when you were talking and said that, it kind of clicked in me that I was building resilience without knowing it by collecting people's stories. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So that when you go through the stuff, because I always say it's not if, it's when. And so I didn't know I was building resilience. I just was collecting stories. But then when the hard times come, mm -hmm. you know. You have those you, stories to look to yeah. and remember and say, oh, my, I remember now how mm -hmm. so-and-so handled that. Yep. That's building resilience. That's in yeah. your treasure trove yep. of tools. The tools. Oh, I love the idea of the tools, yeah. gathering your tools. And I've said if you – I was talking to someone recently or I wrote it or something is that when you live in the light, you can provide – you shine the light for others to walk their path. So That's it might right. not be the same as yours. That's right. But by walking on your path in the light, it'll shine on other people it so that they can permission. figure it out. Exactly. They I can figure that. it out. It gives them permission. Mm -hmm. You can't quit. Somebody is following Somebody's your example. You. Yeah. <laughs> and we need to take our own advice, right? Yes, we, need we do. To take Don't our we own advice. We do. Keep going. Does anybody Keep call going. you Sam? Because I nearly just. Did. Oh yeah, you can. Jeremy calls me okay. Sam, and lots of people. I, I almost just. You can totally you Sam. call me. When people say, "What do you prefer?" I always say, "What do you prefer?" Because um, it's kind of it's the personality thing. I uh -huh. think it's it's definitely okay. Sam is like definitely a Jersey. Sam is such yeah. a great name. Yeah, that's I have a like, niece named Samantha, and we all call her Sam. Yeah, and she's just a, such a fantastic Sam. Yeah, the know. the quicker talkers say Sam. Oh, you see, because we can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> even though Jeremy's <laughs> slower talker, but he's. He still he goes still to goes with Sam. I like yeah. Sam too. It's very cute. Thank you. Yeah, which is you know anyway. Just, just fits with my just cute little. I'm just so little and cute. You and are just little like, and cute, just like this little thing. And you're a thing. girl. So it was so cool. <laughs> Well, Susan, thank you so much. Thank you. I feel like we just scratched the surface because you Probably. have <laughs> so, so much to offer. So I'm going to ask you to stick around for an after show for sure. our full flush. But um, I just think that thank your you. story is powerful and I appreciate you being willing to share it. Anytime, Samantha. Thank Anytime. you Anytime. So I love talking with you. You're my favorite new friend. <gasps> well, thank you. You're yeah. my favorite new friend. You're awesome. I love it. Yeah. So if people want to find you, where can they find you? They can find me at SusanMcCorkendale.com. And right there are all the little icons. Awesome. From there, you can go to Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram, YouTube, all those places. Yeah. And your books, um, counter, uh, Confessions oh. of a Counterfeit Farm Girl. And then 500 Acres and No Place to Hide, more yes. Confessions of a Counterfeit Farm Girl. Uh, those are, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local little bookstore in yes. Warrington, Old Town yeah. Open Book. I love them. They always have You should go work. in and sign them there. I should do that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I recently I took the, the grief talk with um, mm -hmm. the help of Michelle Coe. I don't know. I do you know, know her. My friend yes. Michelle, I love her. She did all of my website, all of my branding. She's an amazing girl, awesome. amazing talent. We took the grief 
talk, and we turned it into a book. That's amazing. Yeah. I think it would be a nice gift for people who don't know what to say because, really, there's nothing to say. So just bring the book. Yeah. to be able to, to, to take with them to make yeah. a condolence call. So that's going to be available on my website. Oh, I'm looking forward sweet. to that. And I like, I think it'll be short and sweet oh, yeah. because, you know, it's hard to digest a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, so I think it's quick be perfect... and it's pretty. It's gorgeous. Michelle did oh, a great job. That's wonderful. Thank you. Well, thank you, Susan. Thank you, Samantha. For now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by twinmusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, MM Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard. Don't forget to check out the after show on the Full Flush bonus episode where Samantha and I continue the conversation with our guest. You can find the Full Flush episode right here on Flushing It Out every Friday.